listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. Very glad to have you along as well. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program. Over the next half hour or so, we'll talk sports. We'll do it from a faith-based point of view. Zach, there are some franchises in sports that when you say they will do what they do, you know exactly what that means. If I were to say to you the Cleveland Browns were Cleveland Browns, you know that's not good. If the Mets are going to Mets... That's not a good thing. With apologies to our listeners here in Western New York, when we say the Bills are going to Bills, unfortunately, you know what we mean. To prove my theory, it doesn't work with other franchises. To say that the Lakers are going to Lakers makes no sense. It doesn't fit to say that the Yankees are going to Yankees. In those instances, you would take it more as a compliment as opposed to a taunt. And there are franchises who have turned those statements around. There was a time when, during the baseball season, you knew September was coming and that the Red Sox would Red Sox. For some of our older listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But to their credit, that doesn't fit anymore. They've repaired their image. Of all the franchises in sports, perhaps the most insulting, the one which carries the heaviest criticism, is to say the Knicks are gonna Knicks. Well, this week, the Knicks went full Knicks, and timing timing can just be priceless. On Monday, the New York Knicks made it official when they named former player agent Leon Rose as their new team president. Zero front office experience, but well-connected, well-respected through the league. He's been with the team sort of for a few weeks now as a bit of a brand consultant, charged with turning a laughing stock into a title contender. Good luck with that, by the way. Rose now will oversee all basketball operations and personnel decisions for the Knicks. The Knicks didn't hold a press conference, probably because they're an embarrassment enough. They don't need any more airtime to say what they've said so many times before, that Rose is now the new chosen one, the one who will turn around the franchise and repair the broken image. In fact, Knicks owner James Dolan said in a statement, we are pleased to welcome Leon to the New York Knicks as team president and believe he is the right leader to build a winning organization for our fans. In their lengthy press release, the Knicks actually had the nerve to ask fans for patience as a pledge to bring winning basketball back to New York. By the way, the next title they win will be the first one since 1973. And with timing being what it is, on the very same day the franchise announced Rose as president, the Knicks gonna Knicks. As the most identifiable and passionate fan, Spike Lee gets harassed, at least according to Lee, by Garden Security on the very same day. A video had circulated showing Lee yelling at Garden Security outside an MSG elevator. At the time, some thought he was thrown out of the arena. A spokesman for the Knicks said that he was not thrown out, but that it was simply an issue of Lee using the wrong entrance. Though Lee and Dolan could be seen shaking hands at halftime, Lee says the Knicks' version of events is spin. 
He says, I wasn't shaking his hand. In fact, when he came over, I didn't get up right away. Lee actually went on to say, I'm being harassed by James Dolan. I don't know why. The Knicks would like him to use an entrance for celebrities. It's, a, it's about two blocks away. Lee said he's been coming in the same entrance to the Garden for the 28 years that he's been a season ticket holder. He seemed to take particular issue with the Knicks saying that he and Dolan were socializing at halftime. Though he says he won't be back this season, he will be back next season because in spite of Dolan, like many fans, Spike Lee loves his team. However, those comments came before the Knicks posted a statement on social media saying the idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him to not use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden, is laughable. The team went on to say it's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetuate drama. He is welcome to come to the Garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands. Now, who knows who's telling the truth? But this is what happens in certain franchises, whether it be their own doing or not, the Knicks being the Knicks. Lee called into the Michael K show on ESPN New York to tell his side of the story. He called the team statement a bold-faced lie. He said his head was spinning and he didn't remember even shaking Dolan's hands. Kay said on a show the following day that his people called the Knicks, who said that Lee had indeed been told several times to not use the employee entrance. For sure, somebody's not telling the truth, but perhaps only they and a few others actually know who that is. I'm not sure why Spike Lee would lie about this. Look, I mean, it's Spike Lee. Why do the Knicks care if he uses that particular entrance? I get rules are rules, and if he has been told, then Spike should follow the rules. But really, who who cares? Is this that big a deal? Again, I, I say that. I have no idea. Maybe it is. But if I'm the Knicks, considering the state of the franchise, I'd just be glad that he's coming to the games. But maybe, like I said, maybe there is a good reason they don't want Spike using the employee entrance. But you knew this wasn't just Knicks enough. Of course, former Nick Charles Oakley had to get involved. Oakley told the AP, Spike means a lot to New York, all the boroughs. He's a game changer for black movies, black superstars. He gave a lot of people chances to better themselves. This wasn't fair. You're cheating the people of New York when you do something like that to a New York native. I know he was born in Georgia, but he's been here long enough. You probably recall Oakley was singled out by Garden Security back in 2017 asked to leave at the behest of Dolan, who implied that he had a problem with alcohol. He was sitting not far from Dolan at the time and was arrested after an altercation with the security that approached him. Oakley has sued Dolan and Madison Square Garden. The case was dismissed just last month, a case which Oakley says he intends to appeal. So no doubt he's bitter. And he may even be right that this wasn't fair, I'd agree that it, it seems like, again, here's something being mishandled by the Knicks. But where's he going with the game changer for black movies, black superstars line? Is he asserting that Dolan is a racist and that is what this whole thing is about, racism? That's a bad look for Oakley, if that's the case. If he's just throwing around unsubstantiated accusations of racism, that's just a bad look. But, but then again, Knicks gonna Knicks. 
Oakley appeared on ESPN's Golick and Wingo program on Wednesday and suggested that the NBA should step in to fix the issue. He brought up the case of former Clippers owner Donald Sterling, who was forced to sell his team by the league in disgrace after making racist comments. Oakley went on to call Dolan a control freak, which maybe so. It sure looks like he is. But he also said that it's a plantation over there. And then he distastefully likened his own removal from Madison Square Garden to a lynching. Sorry, that's just too far. Oakley was asked to leave a basketball game. To compare that to people who lost their lives, that's an unfortunate comparison. Knicks gonna Knicks. Dolan may be a terrible owner. He may be a control freak. He may be a lot of things, but he does not have a reputation as being a racist. In fact, much of what he does suggests quite the contrary. The Knicks are the laughing stock of the league, maybe even the laughing stock of all of professional sports. There is no need for Oakley to play the race card, and he should apologize. He should be held accountable for what he says. It's irresponsible, and frankly, in today's culture, it's even dangerous. The Bible has much to say about spreading a false witness, such as Proverbs 19.5, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. There are plenty of things you can say about the Knicks, about Dolan, but unless you have some evidence of his racism, then really, just shut it. Getting back to Spike Lee, both he and the Knicks claim to be telling the truth, but have taken a hard line that they're the ones who are right. Could this whole stupid thing be just as simple as a miscommunication? Is there some Knicks employee out there wetting themselves because they know they were told to tell Spike Lee to use a different entrance, validating the Knicks' stance, of course, but they never did? Because after all, we're talking about Spike Lee, which would corroborate Lee's stance. That makes a lot more sense to me than someone lying about something as silly as this. But then again, Nick's going to Nick's. You know, this Sunday and most Sundays, there will be people sitting in churches in any number of towns, just going through all the motions, pretending to be Christians, maybe even believing that they are, when in actuality, they haven't a clue what a real Christian looks like or acts like. There's been a miscommunication. Why? Because they're too focused on how important they are, how good they are, rather than how important Jesus is to them. They're overly focused on how right they are. People go to church for a number of just so many different reasons. Maybe to make someone else happy. Maybe to impress somebody. Maybe it's even an attempt to impress God and to be good enough to gain his approval. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, A man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You might be able to fool me with your appearance, but not God. He sees the heart. God's not impressed with the good you do in order to make up for your sinfulness. In fact, by his holy standards, he says our good is as filthy rags. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin. The only acceptable payment for sin has already been made for you. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But even though the sacrifice has already taken place, 
you must accept the payment on your behalf. God's will is that you would know him, that you would accept that free gift of forgiveness which he offers. He doesn't want anyone to die in their sins and perish in hell, but he is just, and without forgiveness of sins, that is what will happen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to God and ask him to forgive us, he will indeed forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But to truly know Christ as Savior from sin, there needs to be repentance. Just repeating a prayer or asking forgiveness over and over isn't really being saved from sin. That's more of a temporary freedom from guilt. What's lacking is repentance. The fact is, Jesus said to turn away from sin and follow him. My hope is that your choice would be to turn away from your old sins, to turn to Jesus, trusting that his death on the cross is sufficient for the forgiveness of your sins. I hope you'd pray to God and admit your sin and guilt and that you would tell him that you believe he died on the cross, was buried, and that he rose again. And ask God to forgive you of your sins and ask him to help you in repenting from sin. Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as always, if there's any way in which we can help, perhaps just asking us to pray for you, reach out through our website, btgprogram.com. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. The Red Hawks recap is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Looking back on the last week in Roberts Wesleyan College athletics, covering up through Thursday, March 5th, the Roberts Wesleyan women's basketball team fell to Malloy College 63-51 in the final game of the regular season this past Sunday. Senior Emily Miller led the Red Hawks, scoring 17 points to go along with 12 rebounds. It was a rematch on Wednesday as the women opened up the East Coast Conference Championship Tournament, also on the road against Malloy, losing once again 62-41. Miller again leading the way with 13 points and 14 rebounds. The men closed out their season on Sunday against Malloy with a 106-96 win. Armand Nasiri scored a career-high 35 points. Reggie Clark picked up 30 points for the third time this season. And freshman Amari Lee picked up a double-double, scoring 18 points and handing out 10 assists. The Roberts Wesleyan men's lacrosse team defeated Alderson Broadus University on Saturday 18-3. Hunter Lemieux found the net five times while Matt Kademski scored three goals. They were on the road against Seton Hill University on Wednesday falling 12-3 to the six-ranked Griffins. Lemieux scored twice for the Red Hawks as Kademski added another goal. The women also defeated Alderson Broadus on Saturday 21-2, 10 different players scoring for the Red Hawks and Lindsey Perkel. Topped 100 career points for the Red Hawks in the match, finishing with eight total points off four goals and four assists. In other action, the men's tennis team lost to the University of Western Ontario on Saturday, 6-1. Coming up, it's a lacrosse doubleheader on Saturday, March 7th, as the men take on St. Michael's College at 11 a.m., followed by the women hosting Slippery Rock University at 2. The women will also play host to Lake Erie College on Friday, March 13th at 3 p.m., and on Saturday, March 14th, the men will welcome in Frostburg State University 
for a noontime match. Go on out, support the Red Hawks, Rochester's only Division II college athletics program. And remember, you can follow all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics at their website, robertsredhawks.com, as well as on Twitter, at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Beyond the Game program. Our show is recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. It's heard all around the world via podcast. In addition to places like Germany, the Netherlands, Ireland, Israel, international locations among the many locations across the United States which downloaded last week's program, we'd like to say a special hello to Somerville, Massachusetts, the birthplace of former Oakland Raider, current Fox analyst Howie Long. Bobby Boris Pickett was also born in Somerville, Massachusetts. You know his song, Munster Mash. Paul Sorrento enjoyed a solid Major League Baseball career with a number of teams over 10 years. World Series champ back in 91 with the Twins. Currently working, I think, as a hitting coach with the Angels. He was born in Somerville, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening in Somerville. Wherever it is you're listening from, we appreciate you spending time with us as well. Time now to hand things over to Zach Barletta, who will take us through this week's shenanigans topics. Yankees manager Aaron Boone said that outfielder Giancarlo Stanton may miss the start of the season due to a strained calf muscle. Truth or shenanigans, at this point, it's apparent that the Stanton acquisition is a bust for the New York Yankees. You know, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one. I don't think I could say that it is. I mean, obviously, he played, what, five games last year. He's going to miss the start of this season. His first season in New York was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um it was unfortunate for him that it was coming on the heels of being the National League MVP because people just expected him to put up 50-something home runs again. I don't think that was fair. He put up a very good first season. Uh, the injuries last year, I felt, were, you know, he got injured early on. He missed camp. He tried to catch up. He came back, and it was just one of those lost years where things snowballed. It could happen again this year, but I, I think spring training of the third season is way too early to call it a bust. Yeah, I think you said it well. You summed up the whole scenario well. It is too early to say this is a bust, although you start to maybe think, huh, what's happening here? He had one good year. Then last year he missed. What does that mean? He may possibly miss the start of the season. Does he miss a week or two? Is that really going to prevent you from having a, a great season? I think it is way too early. Now, we'll see. If we get into July and he's still not in the lineup or he's injured, re-injured again, 
maybe we can have the conversation again. But I agree with you. I think you summed it up well. Multiple outlets have reported that Tom Brady staying with the Patriots would be surprising. Brady himself is preparing to go into the offseason and free agency as if he's going to leave the Patriots. So truth or shenanigans, Brady will be wearing a different jersey this upcoming season. Here's another one that I'm really interested to hear what you think. You know, I never would have expected it. I never would have thought that I would say this, but it really looks like he's going to. There's been reports that Bill Belichick was ready to move on from him after 2017, and Robert Kraft stepped in and said no, that Robert Kraft forced Bill Belichick to trade Jimmy Garoppolo when Belichick wanted Garoppolo to be the successor. Um, So it sounds like there's two opposing viewpoints in New England, and, you know, we're not sure which one's going to win out, but Tom Brady has taken less money than he deserved for lots of his career to keep the team competitive around him. He seems like he's ready to finally cash in on his final contract of his career. The Patriots are not in a position where they're willing to do that. So he has the opportunity now to go out west near where he's from and make more money. So uh, it seems to me like it's probably more likely than not that he wears a different jersey this year. Oh, you probably follow this closer than I do. Um, You listen to a lot more of the report. I just, I will believe it when I say it. Yeah. How do you turn away from Tom Brady if you're New England Patriots? He has, and I know that's what the Patriots do. I know they're really good at being able to cut a guy or move on from a guy that has been part of the fabric of who they are as an organization. But this is Tom Brady, yeah, maybe the best quarterback ever. It would feel like the Yankees letting Derek Jeter walk over money at the end of his career. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for the— to see how this whole CBA thing turns out and yeah. know what, what they really are working with. But I think back to a quote that I read um, a couple of years back from Tom Brady's dad where he was asked about when the dynasty ends in New England, and he said, you know, I, when it ends there with between Tom and the Patriots, he goes, it's going to end ugly. And he sort of predicted a tumultuous end to the run there, and we're starting to maybe see it, so that's just kind of sticking in the back of my mind. Number three, after the most recent Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury match, your interest in heavyweight boxing has been rekindled. I'll actually agree that say it has been rekindled. I grew up in a time when, and in an area where out of New York City, the Golden Gloves was just exciting. Mm. And boxing was maybe even in its heyday with the Muhammad Ali's and the George Frazier. And then Mike Tyson came along. And growing up in the Catskills, Mike Tyson was training there. Guys that, you know, they're jogging down the street. Carl the Truth Williams, I can remember meeting him just because he was jogging down the street training in the area that I live. So boxing was important. It hasn't been important in many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it's been rekindled a little. I'm not into the MMA. It's just, sorry, Mm -hmm. say whatever you want to say. It's just too much brutality for me. I really don't care for it. I know a lot of people do, but I'm just telling you my opinion. I like boxing. I want to be excited about boxing. And this rekindled it maybe just a little. Uh, I think my interest in watching the Rocky movies has been rekindled. Um, My interest in actually watching boxing, first of all, I don't care enough about it to pay the money to have access to it, you know? And I really don't see the personalities now that you really want to follow and be interested in. It just, it's a novelty as far as I'm concerned. That'll do it for shenanigans still to come. We'll close out this week's program telling you something we like this week from the world of sports. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Redneck girl, 
It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Before we close out this week's show, let's give you our You Like That for the week. I'm going to use the same verse I used to introduce last week's You Like That, a phrase from Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, telling us that a joyful heart is good medicine. Well, I got some good medicine right here for you. This will be sure to make your heart joyful. Earlier this week, there was a story of Josh Speedle, who was at one time potentially one of the best players in Vermont basketball history. A nearly fatal car accident back in 2015 had changed all that. He suffered a traumatic brain injury. He was in a lengthy coma, was in multiple hospitals. In fact, he still battles occasional tremors on the left side of his body. But on Tuesday night, during Vermont's home finale against the University of Albany, Spidell finally got his college career underway. Vermont coach John Becker, Albany coach Will Brown, they previously agreed to allow for him to get his moment He was in the starting lineup for the Catamounts on senior night, 21 seconds played, scored two points, going one for one from the floor. The most inspirational 21 seconds in a long time. By the way, he has a 3.4 GPA in an individually designed major at the College of Education and Social Services there at Vermont. The sportsmanship of two coaches, allowing for Vermont senior Josh Speedell to triumphantly begin and seemingly end his college career, is what I like this week. What I like this week was an act of service from Notre Dame football player Alohi Gilman. According to a tweet from his university, Notre Dame football, he stayed on the field after working out at the NFL Combine to help pick up garbage and clean up the field, which is something you really don't see. And they tweeted it, and then Aloha Gilman actually retweeted their tweet and said, This is a product from being raised in Hawaii and by two amazing parents. Simple acts of service make the world 1% better. Aloha Gilman's servant attitude, staying behind to help clean up at the NFL Combine, is what I liked this week. Well, that's the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us. The Beyond the Game program is, as you know, mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. I want to say thank you to all who have given of your time and of your treasures to help us bring the good news of the gospel to sports fans all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. We'd ask that you would indeed keep us in your prayers, and that if God lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this ministry, whether it be a one-time gift or a recurring amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 